I am excited to be here. Love you, brother. I cannot tell you. I was sitting in the back of the room, bouncing up and down and up and down over there because I couldn't wait to get up here. I couldn't wait. Actually, I couldn't wait to get to Marietta to meet all of you guys. Uh, my wife and myself, we traveled a little ways from Southern California. And I can't express to you the excitement that we had within us. Please believe me from here, from my heart, H-E-A-R-T. Spell the last name right, okay? For real, I'm, it's from here. And I promise you, too, I'm going to give you a little bit of my testimony, okay, the real story behind how God brought me from a, a spot in my heart to winning the Mr. America, but also being able to be in front of you all and share with you the word of God. I have the word I'm bringing today, okay? So that's important. Okay, I want to let you know. I'm not here to talk about myself the whole time. I know some of y'all came, you know, to hear the story about how I came to, you know, be in the Mr. America, win the Mr. America, uh, take a four to three decision to Dan over there. Uh, <laughs> but the truth is, is uh, it's a platform. It's a platform that uh, I get to share the word uh, with believers and unbelievers alike, and I'm excited for it. God set me up for this years ago, and uh, I'd like to introduce you all first to an old friend of mine. It's been quite a few years, uh, something along the lines of now 54 years, 53. This is going back to, and I'll get out of y'all's way, okay, and show you. This is me. Back in 1965, I was one year old. And these are prophetic diapers that I'm wearing right there. They happen to say, future Mr. America on them. So somewhere along the line, somebody got this and somebody instilled this. There's another slide that Dorothy has for us. She can put it up there too. So you see, it's really me. You see the face? You guys recognize the same bone structure and everything, right? So it is me. And it took, literally, so I want you, to, you all to understand, God put something in my heart from the time I was a little boy, okay? Can I ask my friend Soda? Soda, would you come here, please? Come here, son. Yeah. Come here, Soda. Look at this man. Look at this champion. Come here. Stand right here. Stand right here and face the audience. See, God put something right in here. He put something right in here in his heart. Someday, Soda will experience and get to experience that something. It's going to excite him and light him up. He's not going to know why initially, but it will. His spirit will come alive. His spirit man will come alive. You hear me? God put it in him. So it's for the glory of God down the line. It's not for him to go on stage and show his muscles and do it just for him. It's not for just him. But it's for the glory of God. Someday he gets to do, he gets to stand in front of people. He might be a street preacher. He might be a stage preacher. He might be, you know, the next Billy Graham and call millions to people to, of people to Christ. He might be that guy. We don't know. But we know God put something in here. And when he gets exposed to it, just like you all in the room, hear me. God put it in our hearts. Okay? He put it in here. He says he gives you the desire of your hearts. That's in Psalms, okay? So if he gives you the desire of your heart, we can take it two ways. One is 
Well, he'll help it manifest in the physical realm right here and now. I always wanted to be Mr. America. He's done that. He brought it into the physical realm. I'm Mr. America. But the other way I take it is he put that desire in my heart in the first place. All I had to do was recognize it when I was exposed to it at just the right moment. Soda, the day's coming, at, whether it's at a very young age, when he's a little bit older, he might be in his 60s, 70s, 80s. He might be called to save, to lead to Christ just one individual when he's 92 years old, but he's operating in the gifts and talents that God's given him at that time. Do you hear me? Do you understand? As long as he hears the voice of God, responds to that voice of God, and goes in that direction, that one soul that he may be called to help get saved, and he's the only one that that person would listen to. But again, maybe he'll be a cabinet maker. Maybe he'll be in their home. Maybe he'll be building their cabinets for them, and a word comes out of his mouth. Or he puts on some praise and worship in the background, and it touches that heart of that individual in that house. And they ask him about, wow, what was that? And he says, that's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You guys all feel me? Okay. Now, I don't want to get too wordy today. And I know you're all going to be interested in having lunch and all that. We have football later today. I know, I know. But I, I want to thank Soda. Thank you, son, for coming up here and being my, my, uh, uh, my helper today. Okay, I know I didn't plan on it or ask you to come on up here, but sometimes God leads us this way, and we got to roll with it. Someday you hear that voice of God. Roll with it and be obedient to it. Okay, can I get a hug? All right, son. I'll see you in a little while. All right. All right. Dorothy, can you put up the next picture, please? This one little picture I have up here for you. It took 48 years. I'm knocking things over over here. Okay, excuse me. It took 48 years for this testimony to manifest itself, okay, uh, for it to manifest itself into the physical realm. This prophecy that I would be Mr. America took 48 years for it to happen. From the time I was a little boy, it was in my heart to be Mr. America. Anytime I had seen a picture of a bodybuilder or, or specifically Mr. America's, that title lit me up. All tested event. That means steroids, okay. Drugs, okay. Do whatever you want to do, okay. We're not going to test you for it. That was the platform they operated on, okay? But in 2011, I find myself, understand, all these years had gone by. I had competed in the natural Mr. Universe, and I won that. I'm a drug-tested bodybuilder. Dan is a drug-tested bodybuilder. We are what's called natural bodybuilders. So when you see us walking down the street in clothes, we look fit. You know, we look fit, but we're not necessarily that guy that you see. You know what I'm talking about, right? You've seen, you know, the orangutan look, right? Coming down the street, you know, like they're trying to do something to you. Well, they are, in a way. It's kind of insecure, and they're trying to intimidate you. And it's, that's sad. That's not something that I do. Dan doesn't do it. You know, we're, we're normal guys doing what we do, but it's in the natural realm without the drugs, okay? So it took a man, understand, from the time the 90s had rolled around, the 2000s had rolled around, I competed in Natural Mr. Universe. I won my class. I walked off the stage. They called me Natural Mr. Universe when I walked off the stage. And I went, hey, that's pretty good. That's a career, and I walked off the stage, right? Well, 
I took that break that Dan mentioned, 10, 11 years. I started a family. This is my wife, Zalika. Zalika, put your hands up in the air so everybody knows you. This is my wife, Zalika. We have three beautiful kids. We started a family, and we started rolling with that. I kept training, staying in shape. You see, I had hope still inside. I didn't really know, but I kind of knew that God delivers. You see, God is faithful. That song, when we walked in here, we praise and worshiping God, right? I was in the back, man, it brings tears to my eyes every time because he's been so faithful. You feel me, right? Right. You just have to have hope. I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me, okay? This gets intense. This gets good. This is the word of God, okay? So look, 10, 11 years go by. I do a lot of walking when I'm talking, by the way. I'm going to put some miles on these feet. 10, 11 years go by. I'm in the gym training clients, and I go walking across the street afterwards, and I walk into the supermarket, and I go up to the magazine rack, and I pick up this magazine, and I open it up, and lo and behold, I open to a page that says, The Mr. America is Back. You see, during the early 2000s, the Mr. America show had kind of dropped off. Nobody really wanted to see it, and the drugs and all that with the guys, so the show became unpopular and dropped off. The title still existed, but some man was inspired, he doesn't really know how, I'll say the Holy Spirit inspired him, to go and purchase the rights to that title. And then he decided, again, he doesn't know how, but I'll just say the Holy Spirit led him to run the show as a drug-free, drug-tested, natural bodybuilding show. Uh Uh-oh, Dan, myself, that's right up our alley, that's us. So I'm standing, imagine this, I'm in the middle of the supermarket reading this, my mouth is open, and I look to God and I go, God, I still have it. I know I can do this. Please let me do this. I took this to God first. I walked out of that market. I was vibrating. And I went home that night. And I do this. I I take a step back. I let God speak to me. I want to hear his voice. I want to know exactly what he has planned for me. I didn't just run out the door going, I'm doing it. Like this. God does speak that way to your heart sometimes. Take it. Run with it. In my case... Even though he had already spoken to my heart, I still kept it. He wanted me to keep it between him and me. I didn't go home talking to my wife about it. I didn't go anywhere talking to anybody about it. This is very important. When God gives you a word, hear me on this one. He gives you a word. Be mindful of who you share that word with. Satan will use anybody that's family, that's friends, that's believers, that's unbelievers. I don't want to say all believers, okay? But the ones who are susceptible to all of his acts, all of the things that he does, right? He'll use anybody to try and get you to not listen to what God told you to do. And in my case, I walked out of there. He wanted me to keep it between he and I. And so... For the next seven months, I did wake up, totally confirmed that I'm going to this show in 2012. And I trained with everything that I had. Diet, training, listening to God, asking God for direction the whole way through. Keep in mind, I had not mentioned it to my wife yet. He wanted me to keep it between he and I. So for the next seven months, I trained, dieted, and she... She noticed I looked a little bit better as the months went by, right? And as we got closer to the show, it was about a month out from the show. I get, again, I gave it everything I had as a directive from God. And about a month out from the show, I had to tell my wife, listen, we need to buy some plane tickets here. This is what God has put on my heart. And when I shared it with her, 
thank God, she got excited, number one, and she's, she believes it. She believes, you know, God put it on my heart. And I said, I can do this. I can win this. And she says, I believe it. I believe you can. Like this, let's go. So I was thankful because my wife recognizes when God has spoken, and she recognizes when I'm that excited. Okay, so we went a month later, telling nobody, by the way. We kept it again between us. We didn't tell my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, who came to watch our kids, nobody. We went to the show. I'm going to cut, cut little details out, but we went to the show. Man, what a rush. I go to that show, and, <laughs> and because he's in the room, I'm going to share this with you, okay? Because you you're, you're a little personal with Danny now, right? You all know him now, right? So we're at a weigh-in, and at the weigh-in, there's 90 guys in the room, okay? And I'm at this way, and I'm in my own little world, believing that God has me here to do one thing. That's to win the whole overall title and walk away and praise God. Okay? I'm in that room, and I'm... <laughs> the promoter says, all right, guys, who, who wants to be first? We're going to weigh you all in. And now there's a bunch of insecure. Bodybuilders are kind of insecure now. You've got to understand. They're a little insecure, a lot of them. So I'm not like that. So the first thing I do is I go, I'll go first. <laughs> And I zoom on up there, right? I get up on the stage, step on the scale. I drop my pants slowly because when he said quads, quads are your thighs. And I know where my best body parts are. You know, the thighs, they were a little freaky. And I turned my back and I dropped them slowly. And when I came up, I flexed everything I could <laughs> so that they could see that there were little muscles back here, things that you normally don't see on normal people, even when they're getting on stage for a bodybuilding show. So I was in that kind of shape. And I turned around, and I stepped on the scale, and when I looked up, I saw his face across the room, and I knew, just by the look, that this guy was the competition, okay? First time I saw him. Thank you, Holy Spirit, I guess, right? But anyway, the next day, we compete, or that day we compete. When it all comes down, yes, in fact, uh, I lost the overall that day, uh, to Dan by one vote, and I had to take it to God because I was devastated. They were calling me Mr. America. I was light heavyweight Mr. America. I was not Mr. America. He was Mr. America, with all due respect, in 2012. But I persisted. I was devastated, but I knew when I took it to God and God showed me the things that I had not done and I had not listened to him to do. I did what I believed as a bodybuilder to do, not what God had shown me to do which was a little different along the way with my diet. So I went my own way at the very end, and it cost me several pounds of muscle. I lost five, six more pounds of muscle than I should have. So it didn't go well. And so I simply took it to God and said, God, I, I, I need your permission to go at this again. We were now about a month later after the show. I asked God for permission. I was praying with my wife. God gave me permission, spoke to my heart. I didn't hear an audible voice. I got it right in here. I said, I'm going for it. And for 11 months, I wasn't exactly a balanced individual, you could say. Sometimes when you're pursuing the things that God's given you a directive to do, to others, it may not look like you're a balanced individual. Do you follow? There may be a period in your life, and I always use this example. If God had made me or gifted me in my gift and talent to become an American Ninja Warrior. You guys familiar with that show? Do you know American Ninja Warrior? Okay, and I had to train for the show and prepare for the show. And let's just say hypothetically that it takes six hours a day to train for this show. 
to train for, and, and you know, ABC knows I'm coming. I'm one of the contestants. I'm signed on and all that. But I have to really devote time and energy and more than anybody I know, just like a figure skater going in the Olympics, right? They have to put a lot of time and energy into what they do. Well, some people say that's kind of obsessive. That's not exactly being a good Christian. But feel me now, sometimes you do need to put in six hours a day for six months to accomplish a goal that God would have you accomplish so that you could be standing on a platform at some point in time and go, Mr. America 2013, God did this. I only made myself available. I was ready, willing, and able. There's a scripture in the Bible, Pastor Dan could probably bring it up because I didn't pull it up, about being willing and able. Not just able, but willing. You could do what God would have you to do, but were you willing to do it? Now the supernatural starts happening. Okay? So I trained for 11 months. This is the end of the story, and I'm getting into this word directly now, and this is going to roll fast. For 11 months, I, if I thought I gave it my all in 2012, that wasn't the case at all. 2013, the only mission, see, because in my mind, I took second place in 2012. Uh, completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. I mean, really, unacceptable. Right, Dan? Unacceptable. And that's because God put it on my heart. It was coming from a good place. Completely unacceptable. So for 11 months, I pursued this with everything that I had. And for 11 months, wow, slightly imbalanced to some people it looked like. But that's okay. I kept it inside, again, between my wife, myself, and God. I didn't go telling people. But I went and did my job. I was a husband, a dad, and I did not do this all day long. I didn't want to share it with anybody else. It was between me and God. Eleven months later, went to the show with only one acceptable outcome, and that is to win my class and then win the overall title, push it so far out of reach of anybody else that that, in fact, would manifest itself completely that day. And so 11 months later, I did. I showed up. And I was in the best shape of my life, took the show, won the overall title, praised God the whole way. And by the way, up on stage and you know, muttering to myself between me and God, praying in the spirit on that stage too, just so you know. I got God involved in my business from beginning to end. I, even when I was standing on stage and they were about to announce the overall winner, I still was praying in the spirit. It wasn't until I heard my name and that title at the same time was I going to really, really acknowledge that, in fact, it had happened. So look, and praise God, okay? <laughs> April 21st, 2013, Mr. America. So that's what happened right there. So the testimony some of you came to listen to, that's how God worked in my life. And that brought me full into, into a whole other realm. You see, prior to that, I had this ability. You know, I was able to run my mouth really well. And I wasn't exactly on a stage doing it, but boy, I could talk. I was a talker, man. And so afterwards, opportunities came up. And so I found myself speaking God's word more often. And I was already a Christian. I had it in my heart. It was coming out of my mouth all the time with clients, people I would meet individually. So next thing you know, the Christian world is fun, right? We have a Christian Mr. America. We have somebody who can share the word of God. And it gets a little bit of attention. Some great pictures that... Phew, what a setup, huh? A baby picture and a diaper that says future Mr. America? Come on now, right? If any of you guys can outdo that one, let me know. Okay, I want to see. But look, I want to talk to you a little bit today about what is it, the bottom line about what I'm talking about here, 
is having hope. Having a hope, having a hope in a calling that God has called you to do. Okay, there's some scripture I'm going to bring up right now. 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7. says that God, is it up there? For those of you who don't have a Bible, it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Okay? So God has not given us a spirit. It's a spirit of fear. Okay? But of power, love, and a sound mind. Well, the opposite of fear is faith. And you all have known. I know Pastor Dan has preached a lot on faith. You all know about faith, right? Got to have faith. Got to have faith. How do we build this faith? When fear comes, faith leaves. These are not mutually exclusive. You can't just have a little bit of fear about something, whether it's spiders, mountains, failure. doesn't matter what it is. But you can't just have a little bit of fear. You have to rebuke that fear with all you got. It's a spirit. Matthew 18, 18 says, okay, that whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever we loose on earth is loose in heaven. Bind that sucker up. If you're feeling fearful about something, be honest about it. Bind it up and cast it away from you. You must resist the devil and he will flee. Okay, that's 2 Timothy 1.7. So the question becomes, how can we better prepare ourselves to operate in faith? And here we go rolling now. Hebrews 11.1. Hebrews 11.1. I'm a Bible guy, man. I like my scriptures. I like my verses. And I take notes every once in a while. And when God gives me a great message and a great bunch of scripture to back it up. So Hebrews 11.1. <laughs> now faith is the substance of things. Whoa. Whoa, substance of things what? Hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Okay, hope. Hope. I'm going to define hope for you, okay? I went to the ultimate source. I picked up my phone. Dorothy, if you could pull up hope for us. I picked up my phone, and I Googled it, okay? And look, hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Well, look, if God put it on your heart, I don't know what it is. Whatever it is that God's put on your heart. Having that, where'd it go? <laughs> having that hope. Okay? Having that hope. Having a feeling. Uh-oh, we're involving feelings now. Remember I said that. Okay? About feelings. Feelings... Yow, they can change like the wind, man. They could really change like the wind. On the Driving to church this morning, somebody cuts you off. Your feelings are going to change like this. That car breaks down on the way here today. Your feelings are going to change like that. Okay? So, feelings. Mm. Let's, let's remember I said that, okay? Here's the key. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Can we go back to Hebrews 11.1 1 that I just brought up a moment ago? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Here's the catch to this. You don't need to be a faith giant to have hope. But you do need hope in order to have faith. Hope is a necessary ingredient in faith. You cannot walk around hopeless. You hear that word, hopeless, associated with depression, suicidal thoughts. That word, hopeless, diagnosed. They use that word, man, a lot. Break it down. I'm a word guy. Break it down. See it for what it is. 
Just as I said a moment ago, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love in his mind. Everybody reads over that, and they go, oh, yeah, that sounds right. They miss the part that it says right there in your face, it's a spirit, that fear is a spirit. Be a word guy or a word, word girl. Understand what you're reading. Understand, take it in here. Discern it properly. Okay? So you don't need to be a faith giant to have hope, but you do need hope to have faith, right? You need the hope, okay? Romans 5.5. 5. I told you, we're going to be flying through this. I'm pulling a Pastor Dan on you right now. I know, I've heard stories about him and his scripture, and I just zoom, 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 zoom. Look, Romans 5.5. 5. I pulled out a part of Romans 5.5. 5. Now, hope does not disappoint. Wow, I love that. When you have hope, there's no disappointment. It creates that, oh, here we're going again that feeling of excitement. You have an excitement in here. Other people see it, see it and feel it when you're operating in your gifts and your talents, especially. Other people see it, they feel it, they understand. They have that same, all of a sudden, that feeling they have from you because you're operating in your gifts and your talents. Hope does not disappoint. Hope. I'm capitalizing hope throughout all of these scriptures right here. Hebrews, Hebrews 6.19 Wow, she's fast. Dorothy is great. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Wow, wow, wow. Soul defined. Soul. Does everybody here know what your soul is? We talk about ourselves being a spirit, soul, body, right? Soul. It's your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions. Uh Oh, what was that last one? That sounds a lot like feelings to me. That sounds like feelings. Your mind, your will, your emotions. The spirit realm does not change as much as the soulish realm. Okay? Your physical realm. Well, on the inside, things change depending on the weather and what you eat and things like that. But Zalika is Zalika today, and she'll be Zalika tomorrow in the physical realm and look pretty similar to that in my mind. But boy, that soulish realm can do a whirlwind like this, man, in a moment's notice. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. What is it? A death in the family? An incident? You know, a little girl got raped? A little boy got raped? I mean, whatever. You know, how bad? It shifts them in their soulish realm. Okay, but wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. This hope we have... This hope we have that I just had up there in Hebrews 6.19. This hope we have as an anchor of our soul. Uh Uh-oh, the key to our soul being anchored. You want to anchor that thing? Focus on the hope, man. The hope of the calling. What did God call you to do? He called me to be Mr. America. He didn't call me to get up on the stage, take my clothes off, and show y'all what I look like. He didn't. Okay? He gave me this title which attracts me to people and people to me. It opens up opportunities. I never would have met Dan, Pastor Dan, if it weren't for that. I never would have met Dan White if it weren't for that, that God had placed that on my heart. We have something deep inside that we share, the Holy Spirit. It comes alive when we see each other. Dan, I share things on multiple levels. We're a lot alike, if you all couldn't tell. We're a lot alike, <laughs> not just in the title, <laughs> okay? But listen, I'm not, I told you I'm not going to belabor this one today. 
If, you, if you, any of you have questions, by the way, you should text them to that number they said on the screen, right? Because Pastor Dan's going to have some questions that he's going to read off, whatever you guys send, uh, that I'm happy to answer right from up here after I'm done with this. But I want to get what God says first out. That's the priority. Okay? God gave me a platform, so I had to share some of the testimony with you. But the reality here is that God says in Jeremiah 29.11, God says this. This isn't John Hart speaking. This is God. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That hope is capitalized again. I capitalize it again. Because Jeremiah 29, 11, I take this directly as God is speaking to me, as you all should. As brothers and sisters in Christ, if there's anything, if there's anything that I can beg you all to do, it's take it as if God is speaking directly to you. When I stood here and listened to Dan tell a testimony and the things he said about me, I wouldn't be here right now if God didn't speak to my heart and have me do something 48, no, 54 years ago. I'm 54 now. Hearing how Pastor Dan spoke about me, I, I, I'm in the corner trying to hide that I'm crying. Do what God put in your heart to do. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are, do it. If you're young enough that you come under your parents' roof, still do what your parents tell you to do. That's, that's what God's, you're under their roof still. But someday when you get out of it, keep it in your heart. If they don't approve of what you do, there may be a time in your life you may not, I did not tell my parents what was in my heart. My dad didn't approve of what I was doing. How do you like that? I lifted weights, he knew that. But he didn't know anything about the Mr. America. I never told him. But let me tell you something. It's that person. Let me go full circle on that one right there. I never told my dad. Guess who led my dad to the Lord? Guess who God used to, use to bring my dad to lead my physical, here in the, in the physical realm, to the Lord? Me. Whew. My dad never even respected the bodybuilding that I did. Oh, but... You know what? He did show up at the Mr. America in 2012 and 2013. And you know how that man acted? When, when Zalika and myself were driving out his driveway up the block, he was limping like this, going up, up telling all the neighbors, that's my son. That's Mr. America. He's Mr. America. Look, look, like this. Now, my dad never told me he's proud of me. He's never told me he was proud of me. I didn't need that. I got it right there. I got it right there. As a matter of fact, I didn't even need that. I, when he got led to the Lord, I was weeping happy tears over the phone after he told me the first time he heard me on radio speaking the word of God. He goes, this could be your calling. I went, do you think? <laughs> like that, right? And sure enough, a few months later, seeing him on his knees receiving Jesus, man, Hallelujah. Here's some hope for you. I take this word, soda. Soda, if there's anything, you're the youngest person in this room right now. So I'm going to speak directly to you. I hope no one else in the room minds. It's for everybody. But I want to get down to the youngest one because I already know who Satan's primary target 
in this room will end up being. Okay? We pray over Soda and the other children in this church, right? We lift them up in the name of Jesus. But look, this is what, when you read that Bible, that word of God, take it as God is speaking directly to you and that it's supernatural, that it, it's a double-edged sword. It pierces the bones and the marrow of your flesh. It gets into your spirit, man. It comes alive. And it sets you right on your path. That no matter what you do, Soda, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, Pastor Dan, no matter what happens from this church and how much it grows, right? No matter what you all do in this room, no matter what you do, when, you're, when it has pierced through your flesh and into your spirit and you follow that word of God, it's going to take you to supernatural places you never dreamed of. And someday you'll look back and you'll say, hmm, that was my God. That was my God. Praise God. I'm going to give you a little bit of hope here to wrap it up on. Again, this is what God says, not what I say. Galatians 6.9. Do we have Galatians 6.9? Ladies and gentlemen, Galatians 6.9. You can tell I get excited for the word of God. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I was tempted to say, if we do not lose John Hart, Zalika Hart. <laughs> but we're not lost. We're here. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, well, ladies and gentlemen, you saw the diaper picture, right? Can we please, please bring that one back up, Dorothy? Okay. So you saw this picture, that one right there. All right. I did not grow weary. For in due season... One year old, 48 years old. One year young, 48 years young. I like that much better. On April 20th, 2013, I became the oldest Mr. America since 1939. God says he restores my youth like the eagles. He gives me good things to eat in order to restore my youth like the eagles. I became the oldest Mr. America of all time since 1939. The next oldest one besides me was 36. He didn't just get me at 37 years old. He obliterated the old record of 36. Just, no, 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 that's not good enough. We're going to make you the best. And, wow, we're going to defy what people think. What? Defy what people think? 47? 47. I'm competing against Dan right there. He's phenomenal. I hope they'll put a picture up if they have one somewhere of me and him on stage at, in 2012. He's phenomenal. He has an amazing physique. If I was a judge, in all honesty, I would have given it to him. It wouldn't have been a 4-3 to three score. I would have made it 7-0 for him that year. He earned it for sure. Because I know physiques. But the next year... <laughs> The next year. All right, so look. Let us not grow weary. I'm going to say it one more time, and then I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Dan. I know we're so over time. Are you all okay with this, by the way? Am I keeping you from lunch? Are you okay? Most of you all okay? All right. I'll get a sandwich for those of you that are not okay. Let us not grow weary. I had a great hope in my heart 
regardless of what the circumstances looked like. I had a great hope in my heart. It was there. Even when there was no Mr. America that was for natural bodybuilders. See, the guys that used drugs were too big for me, too big for Dan at the time. We had to wait until, well, God brought it full circle now, didn't he? Until I was 47, unheard of before, years young. And then I went into it for the first time. I won my class, did okay, did okay, but I wasn't Mr. America. I was light heavyweight Mr. America. Let us not grow weary. 48 years later, it's not too late for anybody in this room. It's not too late. It's not too late. I'm speaking to Dan's grandmother right there. It's not too late. If God puts something on your heart and it's not done yet, it's not too late. If he put it on your heart, it's because there's still time and that heart's still beating. Whatever it is, don't hesitate. Go to it. If God really put it on your heart, it's irrespective of your age. It means nothing. Let us not grow weary while doing good. Good is his plan. By the way, this is all New King James. I left that out. I apologize. I use a New King James Bible and an Amplified mainly. I like the ESV as well. For in due season, 48 years later, we shall reap. I reaped all the seed that I sowed for 48 years of hope, of hope. Even when I was an unbeliever, of hope of being Mr. America someday. We shall reap do not, if we do not lose heart. It ain't over. It just ain't over. 